You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 6th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore OMD. Today is the big day. We'll finally get to see Muhammad Bamba out on the court, as well as Jonathan Isaac and the rest of the Orlando Magic Summer League team. On today's episode, we'll talk a little bit about Summer League. I'll talk a little bit about Jonathan Isaac, what my expectations are for him, as well as a a quick player profile on Melvin Frazier. We haven't talked a lot about the Magic second round picks. I'll do one for Justin Jackson a little bit later on in the week as well. Uh, as Summer League gets going. Of course, the Magic will play three Summer League games out in Las Vegas. The first one coming today, Friday, July 6th, against the Brooklyn Nets. That'll be in the Cox Pavilion, my preferred gym at the Las Vegas Summer League. Um, That'll be on NBA TV at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. The next game is Monday, or Sunday, rather, Sunday night at 9.30 Eastern Time. The Magic will play the Memphis Grizzlies. That game will be on ESPN2. That'll fe- that'll feature Mo Bamba taking on Jaron Jackson Jr. And then on Monday, the Magic will conclude their pool play against the Phoenix Suns. So Mo Bamba will take on DeAndre Ayton. Again, that tip-off is at 9.30 at, uh, on, e- on NBA TV. Those final two games will take place in the big arena at the Thomas & Mack Center. Um, I don't think that that, that arena is as much fun as Cox Pavilion, but that's me. If you've ever been to the Vegas Summer League, it is a zoo. There are two uh, gyms going on at the same time, so you, you get to experience a little bit of them both if, if you've ever been there. Um, of course, there'll be plenty to say. See from Summer League. You can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network to hear about all the latest rookies. Trey Young has been playing his games with the Atlanta Hawks. Utah Jazz uh, completed their Summer League, or they'll be coming to Vegas soon, but... You've got the uh, Utah Summer League and the and the Sacramento Summer League just wrapping up, so check out Locked On Kings, Locked On Jazz, as well as Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy. Actually, I think is also doing some stuff recapping the early Summer League games. So definitely check those out. You can find them on iTunes, just like you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. But the place we want to start today is with a little bit of news. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com and Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel confirming the Orlando Magic intend to sign Isaiah Briscoe off their summer league roster, yes, before they've even played a game, off their summer league roster to a contract, to at least a training camp contract, once the moratorium is lifted on Friday. Isaiah Briscoe is a six foot three point guard, about 200, 200 or so pounds, played mostly off the ball in his two years at Kentucky. Uh, definitely a, a more of a pronounced scorer than point guard, but he's really grown in his point guard skills. Uh, and is someone that really impressed apparently during the Magic's mini camp before the summer league started, and in these early summer league practices. Obviously, enough that the Magic decided we've got to wrap him up now, um, not let him, not let anyone else see him before we get him under contract. Um, it's assumed at this point that Briscoe will be the third point guard for the Orlando Magic, so don't expect him to solve that starters problem um, for the team. But overall, he is a um, an interesting player. He, uh, he spent last year in Estonia. He was on the Portland Trailblazers training camp roster. Was one of the final cuts for them. Decided to go overseas. Was named the All-Star Game MVP. Scored 50 points in that All-Star Game, actually. Um, as well as a key player in his team winning the Estonian League Championship. Um, Estonia is probably not going to raise a lot of eyebrows or antennae 
when it comes to quality of leagues. I mean, it's good to hear, good to know that he dominated that league, that he played very, very well in that league. Um, that certainly bodes well for him, perhaps bodes well for him uh, developing here in the NBA or, or being given a real chance uh, to, to to make it in the NBA. But it's it's obviously going to take some time. It's not clear at this point whether Briscoe's coming in under a two-year deal uh, or under a two-way deal or whether it's going to be a, a one-year deal or, or a deal similar to Ken Birch where the second year is non-guaranteed or even the first year is non-guaranteed. But clearly the Magic like him enough that they're going to bring him into training camp again. I think he has the length that the Magic like from that point guard position. Has some of the skills that they like too. He's an improving shooter, an improving scorer, and an improving point guard. And obviously, again, they liked him enough that they made sure that they got him before anyone else saw him at Summer League. And so that changes a little bit of the equation, I think, when it comes to what to expect from the Magic during Summer League. If you note, um, before the holiday, I noted that I thought that the Magic would... Um, really give Troy Copain a chance to, to shine in this summer league. Give him a look, a hard look, as the uh, as the as the a potential to be that third point guard, either on a deal similar to what I think the Magic will give Briscoe, uh, or as a two way player. And it's very possible that Troy Copain still ends up a two way player. I mean, there's still a lot of uncertainty at the Magic's main point guard position, and we're still waiting to hear if the Magic will sign Isaiah Thomas. There uh, are no news, no news. To report there quite yet, just that just that initial report that the two sides had met and and that there there was some progress made toward a deal, but no deal as of yet. Uh, but but at the same time, um, I think that Orlando is definitely shoring up that position and, and and trying to find some young guys to make that position work and, and make that position work in the way that the Magic want it to be. Um, it. You know, I, I, I'm intrigued to see him play. I haven't seen Briscoe play very much, so I can't profess to be an expert on his game. Um, but I would expect that he will start for the Magic at point guard here coming up during Summer League. If Again, if I'm predicting the Magic starting lineup, it's probably going to be Briscoe now with a one-do Frazier, Isaac, and Bamba. Yes, that does mean Isaac's playing the four, although I think I'd like to see him play some three. Um, that would be my prediction for the Magic starting lineup on in tonight's game against Brooklyn. Those are all guys that we want to see. So the top five guys will be five guys we want to see. Um, Justin Jackson coming off the bench. It wouldn't surprise me if Frazier ends up coming off the bench to start this thing as well. Uh, but obviously uh, a lot, a lot for the Magic to look at and study here as this pre-se- as the summer league goes on. Rodney Purvis, of course, also on the roster, as is uh, as is uh, Troy Copain. Uh, so plenty, and and then Byron Mullins as well, another Lakeland Magic guy as well. So lots, a lot to look at here. Summer league gets going. We'll be interested to see what Isaiah Briscoe can do. See if he can actually crack this roster. And of course, we'll talk a little bit more about Melvin Frazier here in just a bit. But I, I think as much as it's exciting to see what six overall pick Muhammad Bamba can do in his debut game. In summer league and in an NBA uniform on an NBA basketball court, albeit a, a, a summer league basketball court, I, I really think that this summer league is more about what we're going to see from Jonathan Isaac. Last year, Jonathan Isaac was this raw mold of clay, this raw ball of clay. We didn't quite know what to make of him or what to do with him. We didn't really know what how he would translate or how he would fit into this game and, and onto this team even. We thought that he would take some time maybe to develop a shot and 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 and, and we knew that he was young and, and would need some time to, to grow and mature, especially physically. And at this time last year, it was just get him experience and see what happens. 
that first summer league game, he looked nervous. I think he admitted afterward that he was nervous. In fact, he had to take, if you remember correctly, he had to take himself out of the game because he was hyperventilating. He was so nervous. But even in, in, in that nervousness, you could see the flashes of brilliance that he would have. The block shot on Gian Clavel, the, the alley-oop that really got him going and got him into a rhythm. We saw him dirk somebody, um, you know, that one-legged step back. We saw enough flashes from Jonathan Isaac to say, okay, this rookie year is going to be a work in progress. He's probably not all the way there, but we see the flashes. His defense, as it was during the regular season, was well beyond what his offensive ability was, and you saw a little bit of what he could do offensively. Of course, during the season, he never really got into a rhythm. 27 games played, an injury that knocked him out for 50-plus games, constant, constant injuries that just really robbed him of a rookie year. And Isaac, in the, again, just in, in the regular season, just like in summer league, could, could only show glimpses of what he is, of what he could be. And so, summer league now, there's been three, almost three months. April 11th is when the season ended. It's almost been three months of work, of putting on weight, which he has done, of improving his skills. Three months with that NBA experience, however short it might be. Three months to get ready for this moment. And, and we know Summer League isn't the end-all, be-all. We're not ex- if, if Isaac struggles a bit in Summer League, it's not a huge point of concern. Because we know what he can do on the court defensively and, and, and all that. But it does seem pretty, pretty certain that Isaac has improved, that Isaac has gotten better, and that he will go out there Friday, Sunday, Monday, and show the world just how much better he is, just how much he has improved. And that's what the Magic need to see. More than any other player, on this roster. Isaac has the most to gain and and honestly the most to lose from Summer League. Probably not the most to lose because I think he's pretty entrenched as, as a starting small forward or starter somewhere in that in that core group of players of Magic. But he certainly has a lot to gain and certainly has a lot that he needs to show Magic Brass. In practices and, and reports coming out of Vegas, he seems to have taken on a leadership role. He seems to have relished taking Mo Bamba under his wing, jokingly calling him a kid, even though Bamba is probably older than him. Showing him how the NBA works, how an NBA practice works, and stepping up during those practices and leading the team. Now, he's not going to be a leader when he gets back to Orlando and, and back to the regular season. He's, he's still very, very young. But this is a guy that has tremendous talent, that has great ability, that he's shown at the NBA level, at a high level already, and still countless space to grow. Magic fans right now are getting obsessed with this Isaiah Thomas rumor and and the belief that if Isaiah Thomas is healthy again, then that could be something that tips the Magic over. That, again, puts a, a lot of players in the right spots and makes the team that much more competitive. But but really, I don't think it's Isaiah Thomas that has that potential. 
just like for the last several years. It's more about internal improvement. How much better are the guys on your own roster going to get? As Steve Clifford said during his introductory press conference, all these players need to have good summers. That's the first step to rebuilding this thing. That means Aaron Gordon taking another step in his game. And it certainly means that Jonathan Isaac takes another step in his game. Certainly being healthy helps. Certainly being healthy would be the first step, first step. But Isaac, too, needs to show that his offensive game is a little bit more developed, a little more refined. And if he can do that, if he can show that, you know, maybe he is a little bit more. Maybe he's not just a 10, 11, 12-point-per-game guy, but maybe a 15-point-per-game guy. Again, that's that's... He was at, what, nine or eight points per game last year? If he can show that he can be that kind of an offensive player, then that changes the entire outlook for the Magic next season. Now you are building and growing players, and you're seeing the tangible proof of that. Your expectations for what you can get from him, what what you're going to get from him next year, change. And again, your potential especially because the Magic are going for this long-rangey defensive identity right now. Your potential grows exponentially. So I'm watching Jonathan Isaac very, very closely. This is his time. I want him to shine. I want him to star. I don't, I don't care if he averages 15, 16 points per game, but if he does so efficiently with the defense that we know he can play, that's all you need from him because that tells you exactly what he can do on the main roster. I think that he could be the breakout star of the summer league. Mostly because expectations are so are at such a zero level almost. I'm intrigued to see where Jonathan Isaac takes the summer league team and where his game is at as we get started here in July. Another player that that I'm certainly intrigued with and want to see play and someone I haven't talked a lot about here on the podcast, and I apologize for that. I'm trying to get around to the second-round picks here, uh, and that's Melvin Frazier. If you recall, um, back when I was looking at second-round prospects and guys that I I hadn't profiled, um, I pointed out Melvin Frazier as a guy that that I thought would fit the Magic uh, pretty well. He's a defensive-minded wing, second-longest wingspan among guards measured at the NBA Draft Combine. A uh, uh, six foot five, seven foot one wingspan, seven foot two wingspan. Just a smart defensive player. He's a guy that is very much a self-made player. I, I think that's the best way to describe it. He seemed content to be a defensive-minded wing, just do his job, be a grinder, be a role player. And when you're looking at second-round picks, that's pretty important. You're not looking for a guy that's going to be the star. You're not looking for the guy that's going to need the ball in his hands all the time. And I think that was something that, that was confusing, perhaps, to some Magic fans on the draft when they were like, the Magic needed to draft a point guard. Why didn't they draft a point guard with that second-round pick? You're not getting starters with second-round picks. You're not expecting to get starters, at least, with second-round picks. You just want players that can come in and fill a role. And in that sense, I think Melvin Frazier is an absolutely perfect fit and a perfect descriptor. And it did not surprise me that... Uh, Jeff Weltman said that they had Frazier higher on their board, that they thought he was going to be gone when they picked a 35. And maybe that was a bit bit of posturing and, and, and trying to sell the pick to, to fans. Um, but I think 35 is about the range you would expect him to go, but probably on the low end of that range. Because Frazier, when you watch him play, is a really impressive player. 
He took a major step up his junior year. We talk about internal improvement. Frazier went from a you know, role player who had a very specific role to a guy who was leading his team in scoring that was on the ball a lot and driving and getting to the basket. This is a guy who has, a, has not just the length but athleticism to finish above the rim. His offensive game is pretty rudimentary. His shot, shot less than 30% his first two years at Tulane, ended up at 38%, I think, his junior year. So his shot is still improving. And I think it's got a little bit of a slow release, but I think his shot is improving. That much is clear. He knows how to use his length well. He knows how to get around defenders. He knows how to, how to, how to defend, how to disrupt plays. On the offensive end, he does a good job um, getting to the basket. Straight line drives, though. I, I don't think his his, his off the off the bounce game is good is that great. But he's a smart cutter. You get him out in transition, he'll finish above the basket. And now the question is, can he hit three pointers? The whole basis of Melvin Frazier in the NBA is going to be on whether he can be a three and D guy, whether he can get down and defend at a high level. If he can do that if he can play defense at a high level and hit three-pointers, he is a solid role player and exactly what a team like the Orlando Magic needs. Like any team needs. Three and D guys, two-way players like that, are hard to find. It's an archetype, the three and D. But it's not easy, easily replicable. It's not easy to recreate. And so again, the question with Melvin Frazier is, does he hit three-pointers enough to stay on the floor? Does he provide a benefit offensively to match what he can give you defensively with his length and athleticism? He's a really, really interesting player. I'm really intrigued to see him play in summer league. I'm really intrigued to see him play overall as a player because he has the physical tools to be really, 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 really good on the defensive end for sure. And he has the tools, it seems, and and the mechanics and and to some extent the the, it's about whether he can push himself to this level to be a good floor spacer and a good player. I mean, at this point, I would say he's, he's kind of like a smaller Trevor Ariza. Ariza has value, for sure. But sometimes, obviously, he can be a bit of a, 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 a poor, poor option on offense. So Melvin Frazier is definitely a player to watch. I'm really intrigued to see what the Magic end up doing with him and, and what he ends up doing at Summer League. Um, I think I think his athleticism, his length, is, is really something that will will impress people when they when they get a chance to watch him here in Summer League. Again, Summer League starts for the Orlando Magic Friday, July 6th at eight at 5 p.m. Sorry, at 5 p.m. against the Brooklyn Nets. They'll play against Sunday at 9.30 p.m. against the Memphis Grizzlies, so be sure to check out those two games. Friday will be on NBA TV. Sunday will be on ESPN2, so definitely get excited for those two games. I'm excited to see some Magic Basketball. I'm excited again to see Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba. Um, I'm excited to see uh, Melvin Frazier, of course, and really the whole Magic team. I'm excited to see what this Magic team looks like. You can go back and and hear some of the things, go back into the archives and hear some of the things that, that I'm interested about seeing with this Summer League roster. Of course, you can find those archives on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast. Enable listening device. Be sure to subscribe so you get the latest Orlando Magic news and commentary in your inbox. If there's a new signing, we'll definitely talk about it over the weekend. Um, it's, we'll add, I'll add Summer League into that as well, probably. 
Um, but we'll be back Monday with a complete recap of the weekend's games, talk about what we've seen from the Magic so far. The Magic will get five games guaranteed, the three they're scheduled, plus one in the tournament, and then if they win, how they how far they advance in the tournament. If they lose, then a consolation game as well. So five games coming up here in the next six or seven days, I would say, for the Orlando Magic. So definitely, 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 definitely exciting to have Magic basketball back in our lives, even in this little form. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Of course, like the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You could, and, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is opening up soon, so send your Orlando Magic questions to at omagicdaily or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. And, of course, um, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in all the fun places to download podcasts for your podcast and your listening device. Have a great weekend. I'll see you all again Monday for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>